0: Hello everyone and welcome to the show. It is Local Chat episode 157. I'm your host Will Crosby and joining me this week is the entire SubPixel boys. We've got Ian, we've got Kyle, we've got Jake. Hi everyone. There is interrupting the podcast. (laughs) They're all here and definitely unmuted the entire time. Folks! Hi! (laughs) No, wow. I got you, I got you. Uh, thankfully, okay. you guys took a second to speak. Um, how dare you? Uh, folks, we are here to do Game of the Year, or as I like to call it, Best of the year uh, 2023. Uh, this year is 2024, and it is not the year we're talking about, uh, just in case there's any confusion. Last year is the year we were talking about, and it's going to be incredible. I'm going to kick it off over to Ian, who's in charge of everything. The bookkeeper... Uh, Go ahead, kick it off.
1: Yeah, folks, so before we dive in, just wanted to give you a a little behind-the-scenes peek at our format. Basically, we sat down and we decided the 15 best games of the year, and we're going to go through them in release order and spend a couple minutes uh, talking about each game, why it mattered to us, what we loved about it, just singing its praises. As we go through the list, however, some of these games are going to be our game of the year, hint hint there may be more than one and when we hit those games we'll specifically call them out as a game of the year and spend a little bit more time talking about them uh just a final reminder though there may be some spoiler talk we're not going to spend a huge amount of time on each game but it's game of the year there may be a little bit of a uh, bit more details than you'd like so we'll we'll try and call that out a little bit but you know what fuck it we got two hours it's time <laughs> to get into it boys are you ready for our game of the year discussion
2: it's ready as i'll ever be yeah let's do uh, it thank I'm you down. jake
3: thank you let's jake. Go. uh
1: folks first, up, we, have, to go first. <laughs> same. we have january 25th our first best game of the year hi-fi rush from tango gameworks came out jake i believe you were the first person to sample and start screaming about this game is that right mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we 2023 a packed year for the Goaties, and it kicked off with a bang. First month of the year we got Hi-Fi Rush, the marvelously delightful rhythm game hack and slash. I don't I'm not uh, like a th- I'm not 100% sure how to describe it. It's got rhythm components, yeah. it's got like action, traversal, platforming components. Um but just yeah, really tight and and relatively short uh and really fun. Yep. That's all I have yep. to say about it.
1: yeah Kyle, did you get a chance to play Hi-Fi Rush? I did. I think Jake and I played it
3: and probably finished it around the same time um because I was minutes away from adding it to the d list when Jake added it. And I was <laughs> kind of upset that I wasn't first. Um, but, yep. yeah, it, it was just such a breath of fresh air to kick things off. And the fact that it was a it was a sleeper release was awesome. I mean, Microsoft released it at their their dev conference last year, um, yeah, it was a which drop. is kind of. Yep. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a nice shadow drop game. Um, Tango makes great stuff. And the fact that it was music based, rhythm based was was really, really interesting. Um, it was fun, colorful, really like pop art uh, focused. and And just I I felt. So happy playing it. and i I love that feeling, and I think we at least Jake and I knew right out of the gate that we wanted to nominate it. so i'm I'm happy it's here,
1: yeah, yeah. i I felt like for me, what really struck me about this game was that it feels like what all video games should be in that it. It's like beautifully creative and wonderfully unique. Like when it came out, people were just like, wait a minute, what is this game and who is it from? It's from the studio that keeps making horror games, but they made a a rhythm action game and it, and it looks like an anime and it's funny and it's just like it hit me with that weird shit that works all the time, you know, it's like Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush is a fantastic game and a lot of that is that it's completely different from everything else that was coming out at the time, before sense, etc, it feels like a very unique game. Will, did you get a, you get a chance to play Hi-fi Rush?
0: Yeah, it's a I didn't play all of it, but it's a fantastic game, and it's the best a rhythm game it's felt since Guitar Hero. Ooh, yeah.:
1: Multiple yeah It did feel really good.
2: nine inch nails. Yeah, good.
1: Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right. well let's uh let's keep the train moving. Next up. April 24th from Coal Powered Games, something that Will had us all keyed into, Shadows of Doubt. Will, what is Shadows of Doubt?
0: Shadows of Doubt is a procedurally generated immersive sim set in a cyberpunk noir world. Uh, I guess where cities are islands because the tide has risen so high and uh, you are a retired detective from the force and you are getting kicked out of your apartment and you need to start solving cases. Uh, The thing being all of the cases and all of the people and everything inside the city is generated. It's all there for you. You can go to the address book, look them up uh, and go find them. You can surveil people. You can solve murders. You can solve cheating uh spouses uh kidnappings you can take pictures of people's feet uh you can do whatever you want uh forgot about that (laughs) and uh it's pretty great and that from an indie developer is wild
1: yeah so jake i know you i know you played this game a bit what was what was your take on it
0: Yeah, it was
2: definitely I think I think how I had talked about it on stream is it didn't make me feel as stupid as case of the golden idol did <laughs> cuz I was able to do a fair bit of of reasonable deduction on my own. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I I definitely liked exploring, you know, this the grimy voxel world and figuring out like okay, there are a couple of ways I can go about this. Let me figure out what I'm supposed to do. Um Yeah. Yeah is good i don't think i played nearly as much as either of you did um but i enjoyed the time that i spent with it
1: yeah yeah we played a fair bit i i feel like for me the thing that shadows of doubt struck me as is it's the video game that so many other video games say they are or try to be and yeah, fuck you, Todd Howard. That whole like, oh, these are real people. They go home, they do things. You see that mountain, you can climb it type shit. And it's like, well, not really. It's like you get in the game and, and there's like a very clear routine. Like none of these people feel real. The world doesn't feel real. But holy shit, shadows of doubt. This is not a marketing bullshit. It's a real world with real people living in it. They're working in it. They're eating in it. They're sleeping in it. Like you are literally following people and. And, you know, you'll find their work badge and it says they work there and they work there between 10 and five. And you're like, oh, it's three 30. So you you go to that building and that's where they are and they're working. And then when they leave, they go to the bar and then they go home. And the way that you start to interact with these people and realize, like, it's actually fantastic to live in a world of video to play around in a video game world where. People have their own motives, they have their own routines, they have their own lives, and you're having to maneuver around that either to catch them in crimes or just ask them questions or gather evidence, and it's just really, really good. I will say, it's funny, Jake, the Case of the Golden Idol you mentioned, because for me it was the opposite, where Mm. Case of the Golden Idol, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this, this is great. Um, Shadows of Doubt feels like a very realistic detective simulator, because the murders are dynamically generated. They will leave you enough clues to get there, but it's not somebody's handcrafted puzzle. Mm-hmm. So it actually is difficult to kind of solve these murders because it's not really handed to you on a plate. And it turns out I'm just, I'm I'm not a good detective and it's not the game's fault. It's just like, I can't put this shit together. You know, I solved one or two cases, but I probably got stumped on, on twice as many. And it's crazy to play a game that feels like an actual detective simulator, as opposed to just solving puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, did you ever get a chance to play Shadows of Doubt? I did. I I played through the tutorial when you
3: guys first um, came uh, added added it to the Goaty list, and um, I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed the world more than the gameplay. Um, yeah. I I can appreciate the depth that gets put into the notes uh, system that you have of connecting things, and and the the fluidity with which the world sort of reacts to what you're doing. And and all that stuff I think is really cool. It's just not the type of gameplay that I like. So I uh-huh. actually ended up approaching, um, I did the tutorial twice, I think. So I spent like probably three hours total, maybe three, four hours in it, um, just figuring out different ways of completing the tutorial that I was given. And the cool thing is this is dynamic. So like yeah. no one's gonna have exactly the same tutorial. Um, but I think largely there's there's an experience within that tutorial that encapsulates really cool aspects of the game that I super dug. It's just not the type of game that I'm going to return to over and over and over again. But the fact that it exists and it's as polished as it is, I mean, the first time I loaded it up, I was like, this this is really smooth. Like the experience of playing was was effortless and my computer wasn't screaming at me, which is always great. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I really, I really love the, the amount of work that the devs clearly put into it. And I, I think it's a great accomplishment on their part. Yeah. On that yeah, note, fantastic I want to,
2: I want to point out, I think I dropped this in the discord at some point, but several, around the time that the Xbox, uh, series X launched, Ian, you had made a couple videos preceding that one of which was like, what are we going to see from open world games on these next gen consoles. Yep. And you basically point for point predict the game that Shadows of Doubt <laughs> is. And what's yeah. hilarious is that it's this it's a voxel based indie game <laughs> and not like a big triple A release.
1: Yeah. It's so But good. I mean they they did the thing, they put their resources towards the depth of the world and not towards visuals or voice or like, you know, celebrity voice actors and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game of the year. April 28th from Respawn, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Honestly, I'm not sure who's the bigger fan, Jake or Kyle.
3: We're, we're both pretty know. big fans. Jake, why don't you take this since you're the one who did the video on it?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of surprising stuff for me in Jedi Survivor. More kind of not the like the end game stuff, but kind of the little you know, things you could do off on the side. Like, I love that there was a little, like, Animal Crossing kind of garden-y fishing element. Um, but beyond that, I I loved Fallen Order. Um, and then I liked what this game elevated from that game in the sense of the the combat and the level design. There was more variety to your abilities. The worlds were bigger. There was a lot more to see and do. And there was a greater, I think, narrative depth Um, because they already have the characters established and they're just able to do a lot more with the relationships between the characters that you already know. And I will say I was carried to the end of this far more by the narrative than by the Mm -hmm. gameplay. I thought the gameplay was great, but I was definitely in it as a fan of the world and a fan of the story they were telling and all the the twists and turns that it goes through. Um, Yeah, big fan.
3: Yeah, awesome. similarly, similarly, I, I mean, I just fell in love with the story of this game. I think it's one of the better, one of probably one of the best Star Wars stories we've gotten in the last ten years. Um, and I think that the acting across the board, Cameron Monaghan and, um, uh, his name is escaping me, uh, who plays Bode? R two D two. R two D two, yeah. Um, R two D Chewbacca um they were both fantastic as as two of the really important leads of the game um of course we have to give a shout out to deborah wilson our, deborah wilson. our we, we, we stand deborah wilson she made me this and, uh, stargates tony Amendola is also yes. a yeah, key yeah. player a, a lot of excellent performances but they wouldn't be anything without the script and i think the script really carries the sort of epic star wars moments that we we hope for and and want to experience it carries the through line throughout the entire game and there's there's peaks and valleys at exactly the right moments Um, i think the expansiveness of the the levels that you get to explore obviously far out exceeds uh exceeds what fallen order had but it exceeds it in a way that's not it's not overwhelming and i think everything feels really paced as far as the level design meshing with the story as you experience the levels. You come back to certain sections that are then open to you later, um, but it's never it's never too open worldy. And I, I like an open world game, but this felt so tailored to the type of experiences that I want to experience in games um, that it just really clicked with me. And I think on top of the story and you know the performances and the music and the gameplay, some of those set pieces were just so fun. Like they they I was giggling at how much fun I knew something was going to be as soon as one of those big action sequences started. Um, and I think whenever a game can do that, you've you've won me over. So I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and shout out to Jordan DeVries and and all the, the people at Respawn uh, who worked super hard on it. We we really appreciate you guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I was thinking about this game earlier today. And the thing that really struck me about it was. There's so much fucking Star Wars nowadays, right? Like, we're just dying. <laughs> Ain't
2: that the truth? We're,
1: we're drowning in Star Wars content nowadays. And a lot of it feels, a lot of it's bad, and then even some of the good stuff lumped in with that, too much of it just feels the same, right? And what's crazy about Star Wars Jedi Survivor is that it is an overused, saturated IP, and they could have made any number of fucking cookie-cutter games, and they didn't. They made something that is completely new completely unique it's taking different genres mashing them together and creating something brand new with star wars and new star wars story not just you know let's do vader and let's do skywalker again and it's crazy that they took that swing and they made it work and then they made it even better in in the sequel in jedi survivor Mm
2: -hmm. and i like the way that it it like there's uh you think there's a villain but then like they to throw in a whole that like that person dies, and then they throw in a whole new person, <laughs> and then the way the story ends, it's really I like. I don't think they've announced it formally, but there's definitely going to be a third one of these, and I can't possibly know where on earth the story's going to go from here.
3: It, it doesn't take place on Earth. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it goes to earth. it's in a galaxy far, far away. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Valsar <Balcery-Lactica>. um, <laughs> Yeah. Will in, any thoughts, Will, before we uh, head on to the next game?
0: i've never had a thought in my life uh no i didn't actually play this game but i did edit a lot of the videos about it and i will say gleaning from that the like weird card combat miniatures game w- looked really fun and i heard it was pretty cool and then uh rick the door oh, yeah. technician I totally forgot. that's one of the other
2: yeah. <laughs> random bits that they shove in
3: yeah
0: like here's a jake, deck building game
3: jake you didn't even talk about your gardening
2: I mean, I briefly touched on it, but yeah, they, you, can, you can collect seeds from all around and plant them in this rooftop garden Gross! Uh, mm. and then stock an aquarium with all these interesting fish. Very yeah. good.
1: We got to move on. We got to move on. We're losing. <laughs> Next up, May 12th, a day that will forever live in gamers history. That's right. Nintendo finally dropped the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Who wants to, to kick off on this one?
3: Uh, I think Kyle added it ding, to the list. Ding, lid. ding, 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 This is my game of the year. Um, Woo! I
2: yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, we hit it. This,
3: this is mine. Um, I adore this game. It is the only game this year I completely 100%ed in every aspect. I found everything on the map. I beat all the bosses. I got all the full um, the the battery charges and the hearts and everything and and I don't often 100% games because I have to like a game enough to 100% it. And this one was just an instant. As soon as I started it, as soon as I I realized the the scope and the depth of its ability to make the player want to explore its world even further, I knew that I was going to be hooked. And uh, I mean, there's not really much to spoil. I, the, the big thing that Nintendo hid from us, um, before the release was the fact that there is not just the, the, the sky area, um, that you can explore and it's, it's basically a map unto itself. There is a, a dungeon section, an, an underground world that you can delve into. That's sort of the inverse of everything above it. And, um, that, the fact that you're doing three separate maps and for me, it didn't feel repetitive. It just felt expansive at every moment that I found something new. Um, The fact that there's so many systems tied together that just effortlessly work The, the physics in that game. I'm so glad that Nintendo took the time and effort to perfect everything about that game, because I didn't run into a single bug. I didn't have any maybe maybe a single frame drop or something like that but i i couldn't even tell you because i was just enjoying myself so much the fact that it's able to run on the switch consistently so well and look as beautifully and artistically sort of woven together as it is Mm -hmm. i think is a testament not only to nintendo's first party developers and the, the people that work um creating this sort of stuff but it's also just it's 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 kind of a high watermark for me of Nintendo's mastery of a system that they've created. And I think it's a standout moment for the switch, which realistically, Tears of the Kingdom is the Switch's swan song. I mean, it's it you you can argue maybe Super Mario uh, Bro's Wonder uh, is, but I think I think most people will have fallen in love with Tears of the Kingdom like I did um in in a way that really swept me up in its its story, which is very simplistic but powerful. Um, and I think that more stories need to take that route rather than being super overly detailed and and trying to um, uh, beat the player across the head with a bunch of messages. It's just telling a really simple story and letting the world and the gameplay do all the heavy lifting of making you as a player invested in that story. So I really connected with it. I think it's great. I think the music was fantastic. The emotional moments that that come up in the story were really honestly kind of stirring I that the ending was beautiful and um it's it's my
1: my game of the year so i'm, I'm happy to have played it and i hope other people are too nice nice yeah I, i'll yeah. say one of the things that really struck me about it as being incredibly well done was you know when the news kind of came out that hey it's a sequel to breath of the wild it's the same map and they started showing it off and you're like This looks like the same fucking game, right? (laughs) And to be fair, a lot of that game is the same as before. But the uh, ways in which they were able to take the same map, but alter it and in a way that you could still. Have nostalgia stirred within you when you came across areas that you came across in Breath of the Wild seven, you know, six, seven years prior. And you're like, oh, I remember coming here. This is where I had that (laughs) fight. Oh, is this person still there? And the way that they knew that and slowly teased out who these characters were, where they've been, how they've evolved, how the world has evolved, how it's changed, how you still have those core mechanics. But they've added stuff on top to give you new twists on that. Just just one of the best sequels ever made. Uh, in terms of how they were able to iterate on the first game and truly expand beyond it, but at the same time give you all sorts of pulls to the to the first game. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: I think I think Tears of the Kingdom is better than Breath of the Wild uh, in almost every single way. The only way it isn't better is you don't just have that original map, but if you could somehow knit the two maps next to each other that would be cool uh i I mean in in as far as like the original puzzles and stuff and there were areas you would come across where you're like hey i kind of remember this from breath of the wild and then it was either a version of it that was like 10 times harder or a completely different puzzle there that like played on your misconceptions of thinking you remember what it is um and then yeah the first time i dove into the depths and it hits that blamp and it like everything is dark and you're just like where am i um and then the first time i saw a dragon fly into one of them and i was like where you going (laughs) buddy um is just absolutely wild it's fantastic sequel and i can't believe they got away with it it's crazy (laughs) Yep.
1: Alright, let's go to the next game on the list, folks. June fifteenth I
2: don't have any thoughts about oh, it. Thought, I, thought thought I
1: thought you never played it. Yeah. No,
2: I played it. Oh. Recently. Sorry, I yeah. didn't mean to catch up. Yeah, no, I, I just assumed you had I wanted to make sure that I could be involved in the discussion. Um <laughs> Okay, so let's move on. Yeah, I mean <laughs> having <laughs> not being... played. Having not played a Legend of Zelda game since Wind Waker, um, wow. this was delightful. I'm not done with it by any stretch. But um, no, I think everything that y'all have said, I think what was most interesting to me is, you know, they give you this arsenal of of interesting abilities, and then you kind of then intuiting being like, oh, wait can i do this can i can i can do this like i remember at some point when you get the weapon fusion and i fused a sword accidentally with one of like the little laser units <laughs> and uh-huh. suddenly i'm like this when i swing the sword the laser goes off I'm like this is pretty cool um yeah and uh, of course, I, I, a little bit of it's lost on me having not played Breath of the Wild in terms of like the evolution of the world and all that. But yeah, crazy that this game runs as well as it does uh, on what is arguably the weakest of the modern consoles. No crazy. argument. No, argument. Yeah. <laughs> no it, argument. It's weak. Yeah.
1: It is the uh, weakest of the crazy. previous generation of consoles.
2: <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> Art direction is great. Um, yeah, good stuff.
1: Uh, So moving on June 15th from Sergeant Okie Dokie Velasquez and the liquid horse. Uh, Just a little bit of behind the scenes. This is apparently three different indie developers that banded together to create a giant fucking hit battle bit remastered. Uh, I'll dive right into this because I know this is my little darling Uh, battle bit remastered is basically a uh, super low res it's not exactly voxel, but it definitely has a little bit of a voxel Roblox look to it. Multiplayer FPS. It's basically Battlefield. It's 254 players. The crazy thing about it, though, is that uh, Battlefield, right? Longstanding EA series. They keep pumping money into it. They really want it to be good. They just put out the, the incredible shit show that was Battlefield 2042, and it's just fallen apart at the seams these three fucking indie devs come in and they make a completely better version of battlefield just across the board and everybody loves it. Giant hit. It just feels like a beacon of hope in this, this, Horribly over monetized, like over stylized industry. And they're like, no, no, forget the fucking graphics, forget everything. We're just going to give you more players. We're going to like tweak the gameplay so it feels fantastic. We're going to drop the XP requirements so that you're just constantly leveling up and getting new weapons. And oh, yeah, we've got proximity voice chat, which just makes the whole community want to like scream and shout and help each other and role play every time you get shot and you're dragging your dead buddy around (laughs) or you shoot somebody and drag him around and he's screaming for his life let me go let me go just it's like one of the greatest examples of when triple a games get bad you need an indie to come in and do the exact same thing 10 times better to make everything feel just like it should have in the first place uh who else played uh battle bit remastered here
0: uh i played it uh with you which was awful but i did play it Uh, no it was super fun it's a fantastic game it looks like roblox and it makes you want to rip your eyes out but it is it feels really good and it plays really well and like you said the proximity chat is really good the dying and the person you killed gets like two seconds to yell at you or like swear call you out and swear at you is really funny about that um But, yeah, screaming for a medic uh it, just that game felt really good. um It's one of the best multiplayer games I played this year uh and it 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 deserves to dethrone Battlefield in its current state
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. it's weird because i I wasn't sure if I wanted to put it on the list because on my personal top ten list because I'm like it's not doing anything necessarily new, but at the same time, it is filling a niche that the rest of the industry has just completely face planted on, and it's just it's providing that's that shooter feels so well and it's it's just incredible anybody else get a chance to play it so i didn't get a chance to
3: play it you guys streamed it right i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. yeah. i'm pretty yeah, sure it's was a stream, a stream <laughs> um at least at least like 20 30 minutes of it um i have not played it but i i watched a little bit of it on youtube and the thing that struck me is exactly what you said ian where it, it it's kind of doing something correctly that the rest of the industry has forgotten yeah. how to do correctly apparently but i think the thing on top of that is it's lowered the barrier of entry to you don't need like you know a ridiculously high-end computer or something to play this like it's pretty low res yeah. but it's just as fun as those higher higher quality in quotes um games that that ea likes to pretend that they put work into and um <laughs> i i thought that it looked really fun i was glad that that you both seemed to to like it um a lot and I want more games that look like this. I I I like the art style a lot. I like the fluidity of it, and I think I think that. um, Sorry, I'm like I have it up on the side just so that I can look at it while I'm talking and pretend I know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) uh, I I like it. It's I like multiplayer games. I wish I played more of them, and this seems like one that maybe I'll I'll grab uh, on a sale or something like that, and we can can jump in together.
1: Yeah, it's I, I just one more thing on the graphics. It's 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 one of those things where you look at it and you go, this game is ugly and it is kind of ugly, but honestly, I would much rather prefer that visual style to anything COD or Battlefield is putting out nowadays. And there's two big reasons for it. One, you know, I talked about it on local chat. One is readability. There's too many fucking textures and graphics in games now that if you have a guy standing in front of a building, it takes you way too long to see the guy because there's fucking rushed texture and leaves and vines and broken glass and shit. And they just they blend in unintentionally. This game, it's like you see somebody, boom. Immediately, you know there's a guy there, right? And the other one is the draw distance is insane. Like in, in terms of in the game, it's it's probably a kilometer or more, and there are people wow. doing sniper shots and non sniper shots out to that distance. Like I've had like four five hundred meter iron sight shots on people, and it's because the, the the graphics are so low, you get the draw distance. So there's two hundred and fifty four people on that map, and you can actually fucking see them, even if they're all the way across the map. Because the graphics allow you to do that, so it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the game's ugly, but it turns out there's a huge gameplay advantage to that, and that's fantastic. Awesome. Anyways,
0: Jake, did you play
2: it? I downloaded it on the free weekend, and then I never played it. Wow. But I did that's watch awesome.
0: the stream. Wow.
2: Wow. I
1: know. You Fake fan. <laughs> Fake <laughs> fan. Uh, moving on. One week later, June twenty second from Shape Shop. Mars first logistics, so I know this was my little baby my little darling uh, Anybody else get a chance to play this game? i oh, want will to played it. I want to I'm sorry. We'll played
3: it. I will I played it like the same day as you uh, <laughs> It's okay um,
0: It's uh, it's really uh, sorry You should explain what the game is first then I can give my opinion on it because
1: I don't know oh, okay So part so it's basically an engineering game. You are running a logistics company on Mars and it's very indie. It's very cutesy. And essentially, you're just building little vehicles that are purpose built and designed to pick up weird shaped or weird sized packages and then take them across the terrain of Mars and drop them off in a location. Um, so it's 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 literally just a little vehicle building game. What did you think of it, Will?
0: It sucks. It was awful. No, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, the puzzles were cool. The like, being like, oh, how the frick do I get this uh, umbrella? Across the map like because every time I have it on me that falls off then it drags and so you're like coming up Please it has this great way of like as soon as you you put together a design You test it out and you can immediately just hit the menu button change the design figure it out all that sort of stuff And then you realize you can design it. So Okay, I have to bring this box from point A to point B and then put it on a shelf but I can design one vehicle to get it from point A to point B and then, like rework it to get it up onto a shelf, but then yep. if, if I might be wrong, but then there were some of those where you had to build a vehicle that did both, so like you couldn't always get away with doing two separate vehicles. you had to like be able to get something well, I, somewhere and I, do something I, I
1: don't I don't think you're wrong, I think the thing is. If, you, if you're carrying an item and you go into the build item, you automatically drop the item. Yeah. So you can change your vehicle whenever. You just need to be aware that when you come back in, your vehicle's going to be wherever it was. The item's going to be That's dropped. That's what so you it is. It was because, like, yeah, yeah, I had to
0: design something to pick it up. And then when you go to change your design, it, it drops it. So you're like, oh, no, I have to have a design that can pick it up and do the secondary yeah. thing I want to do. Um,
1: it also looks really cool and it's cute and it, it plays well. So. Yeah. And the, and the music's awesome it it just it, what really struck me and I, I said it's an engineer's game and i really believe that because there's not a single solution there's not even like two obvious solutions to every puzzle like they pretty quickly give you so many parts and like you said there's so many flexibility so much flexibility in the vehicle designing that you get to this point where you're just like i'm gonna make like i remember i had a watering can right And I made, like, a long finger hydraulic extender. So it just extended from the vehicle, poked through the little watering can (laughs) handle, and then, like, curved in itself and just, like, tucked it in, like, under my little bicep. And then I had rockets, so I just rocket jumped across the map to the location. (laughs) And then I uncurled and daintily placed the watering can. Like, I I played so many hours of that game because it was just, like... OK, one more. OK, one more. OK, this is a weird little object like it's a trophy and I have to place it upright and it's a giant trophy. like it's it's one of those games where they're like, I have an idea. I'm not going to build the game. I'm, there's no scope creep in this game. I'm not going to build 20 different things. I have a perfect little mechanic and I'm just going to implement and implement and implement and give you so many different ways to play around with it. And it feels fantastic. Um, any other thoughts on, on Mars first logistics?
2: Great art direction. And great. <laughs> yeah, style. Incredible.
1: Incredible, incredible. All right. Next up, we've got Baldur's Gate three. I'm going to start off with a question. No pressure, Jake. Did you ever play Baldur's Gate three? This year or last I was year? Never
2: in the proper headspace for it.
1: So no. <laughs> That's totally fine. That's
0: totally fine. Uh, Will, you want to talk about Baldur's Gate three? Sure. Baldur's Gate three, uh, the sequel to Baldur's Gate two, which is a sequel to Baldur's Gate one. Uh, what? you know uh it's, really? who says you can't the make sequel, a sequel <laughs> <role-playing game? laughs> yeah exactly uh who says you can't make a sequel 30 40 million years later uh like what 20 years later <laughs> um baldur's gate 3 is the closest approximation human humankind will ever get to D in a virtual space uh it feels so good it feels like you were sitting down at a table with... Not not with friends, but with professional actors. Uh, and they are doing a great job to make you feel like... People what everyone are, wants to people,
3: sit down at a table with. People who are good at d d
0: People who are good say. at D&D. Um, and yeah. it just comes together in a way that feels really good Uh, I think it exploits everything about Dungeons and Dragons that's cool like hey what if I just fill a bag up with exploding barrels and then throw that bag at someone and then light it on fire will it crash the game yes hey what if I stack (laughs) these barrels to get into the city of Baldur's Gate before you're supposed to go for it bud um, what if I jump into Abyss and Featherfall at the end? Well, you'll land in the Underdark, but all of your teammates will crash and splatter next to you. Um, it is yeah. an incredible what game. If, what <laughs> if
1: I carry, what if I carry a dead gnome in my pocket and just throw them at people every now and then? <laughs> what if the main quest
0: giver dies and you don't have speak with dead, so you don't know where to go next? The game somehow figured it out and I was able to keep going. Um, yeah. absolutely wild. It It doesn't, you when you get to a certain point, you see the cracks uh, if you really push it to its limit, but I only noticed that one time uh, and it just it's just a fantastic game. I highly recommend it. It's tight. It's good. Uh, and um, yeah, that's all I gotta say about it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so glad you said it's tight and good because it's also my game of the year. Ding, ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. ding. I, I got... I, I want to say... I did not want to play this game because I don't I don't like CRPGs, computer RPGs, point and click type things. Um, And I tried to play Divinity Original Sin 2 and I kind of bounced off of it a little bit. And when this game started getting fucking ninety fives, et cetera, on Metacritic when it came out, I was like, fuck, I'm gonna have to play this fucking game. And I'm so glad I did because this game is incredible. It feels like this game is what what all RPGs and open world games try to be, but never really get there in terms of like, we're going to let you talk to all these people and these people feel real and you can talk to them and you can have this conversation and you can make this choice and this will happen you make this choice. Go over here, do this, go over do that. We're going to support all of it. And then you play the game and it's like, oh, cool, it's Starfield. So, uh... Every conversation goes the same, but then there's a point where they say, do you want to do yeah. A or B? And it turns out the answer is the same. It doesn't fucking matter. It's it's going to do the same thing in the end. Whereas like Baldur's Gate just gives you such an incredible sense of player empowerment. Um, I, I think the best way to describe this, I wish I remembered who said it on one of the podcasts I, I listened to, but they said that, fuck, that's who, that is who it was. Um, Told you. Is right, right before he killed the elephant. Um he, <laughs> he, it's his wife. the the, <laughs> the crazy thing about this game, the best way to describe it is a narrative sandbox. Like like we're used to physics sandbox in a way, like Tears of the Kingdom is an incredible physics sandbox. Uh this is a narrative sandbox in that you can pretty much talk to people and and you can change the story and twist the story around however you really want to do. And, and it's funny you say, well, like like when at some point you start to see the cracks. And I feel like for me, I'm not saying the cracks aren't there, but it took so long to get there, especially in terms of narrative, because it felt like no matter which way I went down certain conversations with people, there was always something there. Um, it, like if we had hours and hours, we could talk about different ways we dealt with people. You know, like there's a there's a witch at one point and it turns out a lot of people fight the witch. I didn't fight the witch. I talked to the witch. They offered to try and take the, the thing out of my head. And I ended up Heart lost an eye. And I was like, <laughs> OK. <laughs> Uh, and it, it didn't really do anything. It just gave her an eye patch. But I'm like, okay, it was worth the risk. And then the witch is like, okay, see you later. And I'm like, cool witch. Thanks. And everybody else is like, I fucking hate that witch. That was the worst boss fight ever. It was so hard. And I cheesed it this way. And then I did this. And I'm like, what boss fight are you talking about? Like that lady, she helped me out. She tried, but it didn't work. Um, and it's just it's just crazy. I, I, I do want to say one thing about this game. That One thing? Shocked shocked me to my core a couple weeks ago months after (laughs) months after i finished playing the game that i had this realization and basically what happened is as i was playing this game i pretty quickly fell in love with gail and i'm like literally on stream moment one i was like fuck yeah gail's gail's my boy and we had this courtship and we started dating but towards the end of the game i was like i'm not really into gail anymore (laughs) <laughs> you know, but I was like, but I was like Girl Par like he's kind he's kind of a kind of a ditz in a way. Like he's he's a little vapid. And I'm like, I'm kind not really him, sure. Though. But I didn't want to make that decision. And and that didn't really sit right with me. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I was like, oh, I know why I was feeling that way. Because I've had real-life romantic relationships that have gone the same fucking way, where you you get so excited about it, and then you get months into it, and then you're just like, I've got to end this, but I don't want to end it. And, like, the person's great, but it's also... It's reached its end. I'm not into him anymore, but I got to end it. But I don't know how to break up with it. And in Baldur's Gate three, I could break up with him, but I didn't want to. And and I it's just fucking wild to me that this game, the characters are are so fucking well written. Every single one of them that I can have literally a romantic relationship, full emotions and everything with one of those characters. And it's not because that was a storyline in the game. They did not write it that way. They just wrote the character so well that I started interacting with them as if they were a real fucking person. And I had an emotional relationship arc with this fucking NPC. And that's fucking wild to me that this game was able to do that. It's crazy. Gonna,
0: you're gonna boot up the game, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, Gail. Oh, hey, Gail. Hey. hey!" That's hey. literally what I
1: started doing. Literally, hey. I was avoiding him at camp. I was like, "I don't want to talk to you right now." No, I'll sleep in my tent tonight. I'm okay. <laughs> Game's I wild. Wish,
2: I wish I had played a hundred hours of this instead of a hundred hours of Starfield.
1: Oh my God, yeah. You, you, Jake. Seriously, you'd fucking love this game. Because the 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 final thing I'll say is. I had that relationship with Gale. It's not because Gale's the best character. It's not because Gale's the best written character or anything. There's literally like 12 other companions in that game, and they're all just as well-written and nuanced and have as much depth as that. So for my relationship with Gale, somebody else has that with Asterian, Somebody else has that with, with uh, the Heslin or Hassan, whatever the Olsen? the druid guys. Halson. yeah. It's just like... Which one is... It's the... cr- with Karlach. Halsin. Halsin's Olsen. the bear, yeah. He's the bear. He's the bear. I was with twice the, over. Right? Yeah. Those he's he's very
3: much two bears. Uh, with yeah. the, you, the what? The lady. Yank,
0: the ga- Yankee lady.
1: Oh God! Oh, God, Yankee. God. Yeah. Oof. No. That was Lizarri.
0: We fought I, in I, combat every before every time <laughs> we made love.
3: That's <laughs> great. I did. I did get into a moment where I, <laughs> I had engaged relations with both Will and Gale, and oh, then uh-huh. very much like Mass Effect Two, there's a point where it comes to a head and they're like you have to choose and i just kept denying the continuing of the conversation for like until the end of the game so Jeez. i was just like hey and then i would i would they would always end up sleeping like tenting next to each other so i'd be like yeah. can i get a kiss and then i'd walk over to will and be like can i get a kiss and just, you know just to be just to be flirty um wow yeah so um unfortunately i did not like Baldur's gate three um I enjoy watching people play it more than playing it myself. Mm -hmm. I think the the ability for the game to connect with so many people is amazing. It's it's a testament to Larian's commitment to their storytelling and their player engagement that it works on a level that it it clearly does. I just didn't work for me. Um, I found the characters to be really well written and, and the the companions especially were, were excellent. The voice acting was was great. Um, I did not find the overall story and story pacing very enjoyable, um, especially to me. Act two's climax felt like it should have been the climax of the game. And I feel like the other two th- there's. It's not spoilers, but there's three big enemies that you have to you face Uh throughout the different acts. And the other two enemies that you end up facing in act three were incredibly underwritten for me versus the act two enemy. Um, And I thought that his performance um, with J.K. Simmons voices him um, was was great and really nuanced. And I felt that the other two fell really flat. So most of Act 3, which is when you finally do arrive to the city proper of Baldur's Gate, um, didn't have that appeal for me to continue the end story. I did all the side quests that I could. Um, I did most of my time in the last 60 hours of the game or so, maybe maybe 50 hours, was just spent not progressing the main story because I just didn't want to. What's up?
2: how am i just learning now that academy award winner jk simmons voices a character in this game yeah yeah he's, I, in, he's in a lot of it, baby games.
0: nobody yeah. told me why would we spoil that did yes. you did you,
3: did you honestly, know he's in, he's in spider-man yeah, yeah did you see no spider-man way. he's in Qui-Plan. i played spider-man Somebody Man. told me he's in portal i haven't i haven't heard it um <laughs> yeah i i just did not find the the overall story pacing enjoyable to play through. And it felt backwards to me, the the way I experienced it. And I'm sure other people have experienced it in, in a variety of different ways, but ultimately you can't change the path that leads you to the end game, as far as like, you will always end up in Baldur's Gate. Um, uh-huh. And the, the sort of reticence that Larian has with allowing you to regress back to areas previously conquered, um, even just to do like like a a sideline quest that has no impact on the main story really bothered me. Uh, And I I wanted to return to areas where it's like, I know I didn't do this dungeon. I know I didn't kill that dragon. Why can't I go back and at least see that area? Um, There's something that happens in Act 2, at the end of Act 2, that I would like to go back and see like what actually happens. And the way that they present it is that there's this thing you really need to do because you're under a time crunch Um and you need to get to Baldur's Gate. But then once you're there, it's like the time crunch doesn't exist. Like you can spend as much time doing side quests and, and stuff that doesn't progress the main story as you want, and you never feel any more under threat than the story sets you off at in at the end of act two. And that kind of bothered me. Um, I also I didn't get to say this when we talked about it on local chat. I have never and I, I can say this clearly and and loudly i've never experienced more bugs in a video game i had hard crashes over 200 times within the first 40 hours of my playthrough just playing the game 15 20 minutes desktop just completely gone and that was not only annoying it became infuriating and it 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 made me not want to play a game that I had already invested 20, 30 hours at that point, And I was like, well, I'm going to go see the end. And if a game releases in such a state as that, and I know that a lot of people had a lot of different experiences based on uh, the the type of components that they have in their computers or if it was on consoles. My experience really hurt um, my 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 experience with the game from a hardware standpoint, really impacted negatively my experience with the story and and my ability to actually play it in a way that was enjoyable. So um I I I'm glad that it's in a much better state than it than it was, but I think for so many people to have heaped so much praise upon a game that clearly was not very well optimized is like counteractive to what people were saying when Cyberpunk released. And it 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 clashed so much in my mind that I I feel like I hate being the odd one out and I I, I, this is a game that I am primed to enjoy and like it's the type of story that I want to enjoy. I've played so many D&D campaigns over the years that I've really sunk my teeth into with friends and and had those experiences that the game is clearly trying to get the player to experience but it just didn't work for me um, on a lot of levels and um, I just I didn't connect with it so it didn't make my list but I say all that with the caveat that I'm glad that a story with such strong, um, uh, it has such a strong moral sensibility and it's very inclusive, is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds for the, one of the top games of last year. I think that's really important. I'm glad Larian was able to accomplish that with their storytelling. Um, I just wish that on a bunch of other levels, like technical and and story pacing, it had connected with me, but it just didn't. mm
0: mm-hmm. valid. For sure.
3: Gotcha. Any other thoughts on Baldur's Gate 3? Go play it. Yeah. You should play it. You should go and experience it because it is it is well made. Um Hell yeah. and it's worth your time. I just didn't connect with it.
1: Okay. Uh next up. From software, armored core six fires of Rubicon. Jake, I okay, I, okay. I know you're screaming. I know you're mm-hmm. eager. So let's <laughs> hear it. Yeah,
2: this was uh I mean the arc from I played Elden Ring in January of last year. It was it was I, I I missed it during its original release window. I played it like right before our Game of the Year discussion last year, and that was the first time I'd ever played a From Software game. I mean, like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. I see. I understand. My third eye has been opened. Um, Finally, and then I think it was <laughs> was it at the it was at the Game Awards that they announced. Fires of or maybe not that game awards, but one before no, it. Was I whichever it was. one Ian, you and I had watched it, and they did the announce yeah. for Armored yeah. Core 6. And we've talked about this has always been a universe that, from an outsider's perspective, looking in, being like, okay, this is checking all my boxes for the kind of science fiction storytelling that I'm into. And so, yeah, I played uh, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, and then I immediately New Game Plused it, and then I immediately <laughs> New Game Plus Plused it um just crazy gameplay storytelling art direction music um completely different from elden ring um for to be for for two games made by the same studio to be so vastly different obviously there is a lot of connective tissue but for all intents and purposes totally different games um yeah this was a for a long portion of the year was my game of the year and now is a very tight second to what my actual game of the year is um, Starfield. yeah Starfield. So it's Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> Um <laughs> this thing was just wild from front to back and the way that the narrative the new game plus and new game plus plus um, alters the story and gives you different narrative options and different outcomes just absolutely crazy stuff uh, that uh, I, I I might go replay it again in like a month. Yeah. And I I can understand
1: that because for me, the thing that you immediately feel when you play this game is the feel like it just Mm -hmm. feels so good, Mm -hmm. uh, which is hard to do because there's a lot of systems going on. There's lock ons, there's different gun feels you're, you're in this mech. It doesn't control normally. Quite frankly, it's got a weird little control scheme of it. Not as crazy as the older games, but it's still got something a little weird going on. But it feels so good and it feels satisfying when you're doing that combat. So I can totally mm-hmm. get that urge to just keep playing and playing and playing.
0: Uh Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon is uh is my uh is my uh what uh, my obstacle. I overcame an obstacle. Uh, I have a life of uh of adversity. Oh, really? What'd you say i'm thrilled for your journey <laughs> <laughs> it is probably one of the I greatest so games invested. of last year um <clears throat> of all time almost um it it just it's tight it's good it feels great um those bosses can suck it uh, I defeated every single one of them which which,
3: uh, which one in particular will which one can all suck of them?
0: Baltius whatever go. his balls are he can suck them because I don't care anymore I didn't beat him pre-patch, but I think I could um The worm boss was the coolest thing i've done in a video game in a in a very long time but The I, silence so the the Django fett attack of the clones bomb silence before it, like the thing hits it is so good um, fantastic game and also I hate to say it I absolutely hate to say it but that game would not be as good if it wasn't as difficult as it is it is good because it is that hard you get into a set mode and you just do a really great job and you earn that fucking name by the end of that game and it pause it just goes right into new game plus and it just it just says raven and you're just like yeah that's me
3: spoilers wow
0: will did you by the end did you think that baltaeus was
2: the most difficult fight for you because for me it was the coral guardian when all was said and done like that one
0: where you get it down to zero and then it has a second phase that was tough that one no so that one i could get his first phase in about 15 seconds and then it was the second phase that took us. Like I got to the point where he would spawn in, he wouldn't be hittable. And as soon as he was hittable, I would set off all of the rockets into him, oh. which would b- break his shield. And then I just double-barreled uh, those machine guns into him and he would first phase done. So it was it was still hard, but it wasn't because of the two phases. It's because the second phase sucked so much butt. Uh, but I still wanna say Balteus in my head was the hardest only because I wasn't good at the game when I was picking back up from Balta. I mean, I wasn't good at the game the first time. But like if I went straight to him at the end of the game, I think he probably wouldn't be up there. Um the that one that one person in that one place was tough. Who I can't think of right now, but uh bosses were great. Fantastic game. I might I honestly might play it again. It's that good.
2: It's it's real good.
0: And the the true ending, the new game plus plus ending <laughs> is
2: crazy
0: you're a robot it's so good Isn't guys that? it's so good also i made some sweet icons they were really good oh yeah the whole there's a whole
2: i mean all sorts of armor customization the mech customization is so good but yeah there's an oh. emblem editor i made a sub emblem i made some emblems from like my own like in-universe fiction um i think i made the elden ring seal um good stuff and then one that says jesus christ is my (laughs) co-pilot
3: uh Uh, kyle did you play it at all i i did i um i really like this game a lot i have not beaten it i'm very close um about i think 28 hours like some somewhere around there um i'm taking my time with it and also it's really difficult so um (laughs) i i it's only my second ever FromSoft game that I've played. And I think the the worlds that they create are what really draw me into their games so much. It's one of the reasons why me and so many other people fell in love with Elden Ring. But Armored Core is sort of a a different type of a, a different type of experience in world building for Fromsoft than than uh, Elden Ring was. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how effective From Software still remains at, at being effective at, at world building and storytelling within that world, even if it's just through like some of the cinematic stuff that happens, the voiceover from your handler guy. Um, but I, all that to say, I think that the thing that really has continually drawn me in was the ability to realize once you've understood. The controls and and how the game handles and how it flows from boss to boss and level to level um i really have enjoyed getting better and and knowing that i'm improving because it's like i can look back and be like i did not play that boss the first time i faced him the way i'm playing it now and that's because i've progressed in a in a a methodical way that the game is sort of making me reconcile with um i think it was really cool uh i am looking forward to beating it and i'm i'm glad that jake has been a stalwart uh champion of this game and uh way i think it's i think it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> well is there going to be dlc maybe there'll be DLC. i don't know i don't know ashes. yeah ashes of Rubicon. i am um,
0: i do
1: like Will no I was just gonna go. say I
0: developed like the claw where I would use my my oh, yeah my, um, oh, for both. Yeah. my <laughs> middle fingers for the triggers because I was just holding down the Gatling guns the whole time. so mm-hmm. it was pretty great. same. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah in like my top five
2: gameplay moments of the year, like I talked about one of them being that bit in amnesia the bunker where you go up into the pillbox and you're like, oh the beautiful world and then you gunfire world and War one. Off the concrete and you're like oh World War one's still happening the yeah that uh, that iceworm battle. And yeah, the the, the build-up, like the tension in the, like the string, the orchestra part, and then it's it's so obviously riffing on that episode of Evangelion, where they have the oh, big yeah. like, vertical cannon to kill the angel, and the bit- Just watch that today. It's tense, like tension- <laughs> I've tension, seen tension, that tension scene, oh wow. Build-up, yeah. silence, and then Rusty goes, watch out for friendly fire, <laughs> <And she laughs> blasts the worm. Oh, it's oh. so good.
1: It's, it does not get better than that, folks it does not get better it into than my veins too good uh, speaking of in- of injecting next up september 26th cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty from cd project red uh, which one of you sickos wants to talk about this game? <laughs> you add this? Second chance. I didn't add it, but I definitely I played it. I think I
3: think I, I it. added it. Um but uh if you 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 can talk about it if you want to. Sure. Well, it. I mean
2: you played Cyberpunk at launch, or the like the base game. I didn't yep. play the base game, so this was my first uh, foray into, um, tr- well, into the world of CD Projekt Red at all. I haven't played any of the Witcher uh-huh. games. This was my first um, dabbling in their in their body of work, and um, yeah, I talked I talked a bit on stream when I played this. I really liked it. Obviously, I avoided it on first launch cuz it was, you know, one of the more infamously disastrous launches of a video game in recent history. Um It was bad. It was very bad.
1: But yeah. um
2: yeah, I I I was I was really pleased with this. I think still on the whole the the mechanical like the just the mechanics of the game, I'm not super jazzed with even now um having completed phantom liberty and having gotten one of the endings of the main story um but narratively man these guys can write a they can write a they can spin a yarn it is Um, it is
3: rich it is a rich dlc story and
2: yeah and especially for being really an entirely different kind of story than the main one is this one is it's it's you know it's steeped in kind of like espionage thriller fiction um whereas um i guess the the base game kind of has elements of that too but this one really is like it's a spy story you're it's about spies and it's about espionage and counter espionage um and it has president narrative twists and and turns yeah suddenly i just i remember because i talked about on stream the suddenly i was like oh i'm in the like I totally intended to do the Phantom Liberty stuff after I had finished the base game, but suddenly I was like, "Oh, I'm in the Phantom Liberty story now." I'm like, "Okay, I'll follow this thread and see where it goes," since the game doesn't have a problem with me doing that. And then, yeah, suddenly the character that you've been introduced to is like, um, "The president's plane is falling out of orbit. You're gonna have to go <laughs> rescue her." And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, and so it kicks off with a with a bang, um, and it goes fairly full throttle to the To the conclusion, I'd be interested to know how you ended it, Kyle. If we're not worried about dabbling in spoilers,
3: Um, I I'd prefer not to do spoilers just because it it is semi recent, and I may may or may not want to do a video on it. Um, Okay, yeah, I I think I think the the choice that you are given is nice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as as in like that's good, like that's a good Mm -hmm. that's a good a good way to to suss that out from the player. I, Jake, pretty much I'm just going to double everything you said. I I really dug the story that this DLC told. Um, Obviously, the inclusion of someone like Idris Elba brings its own sort of. Sensibilities to yeah, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of weight to his character, and I think he plays it perfectly well. Um, And uh, the 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 tightness of that story as it's sort of wound around the rest of cyberpunk 2077 as a game. And, and you can see different through lines um, that start like kind of start appearing from it while you're playing through just the, the, the Dogtown town section. Um, I, I really think that they, they, they did such a good job of integrating everything and making it feel like part of the whole game, but still making it stand out on its own merits. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's not too long. It's only like, Mm-mm. it's like, 20 hours maybe like if you really want to do like everything um but yeah i I really enjoyed the way yeah it it might be like 15 but uh it was well worth my my time and money and and i thought it was great and having played the base game at launch i think everything that they did to improve it has been a big step forward it's still not perfect Uh, i think there there's still a certain level of jank that will inherently be in cyberpunk that sort of makes it cyberpunk um (laughs) And you're never going to get away from that. I think that the red engine. Chalk it up to
2: faulty implants. Is
3: is yeah. is, is a uh, I know it's I know it's their engine, but I think it's a tough engine to develop with. And uh, just the, the level of jank that you can still experience is not enough to sort of. Get its good graces from from everyone for being like, oh, they fixed it. It's still not fixed, but it's better. Um, It's tighter. You're less likely to have a bad experience. Um, you may still have one, but again, it's it's the the percentage of enjoyability that they're looking to get out of. I think is landing much higher for people who play it. So I liked it. I enjoyed it, and I think more people should play it.
1: Yeah, I, I think, think I think what you said last really really hit with me, which is I played two to three hours of this, and then I Googled, "Can I refund an Xbox purchase?" And the <laughs> no, you no. can't. <laughs> And I was like, fuck, (laughs) there's $30 down the drain. But I, but I think you kind of characterize it very well, which is that they have not fixed Cyberpunk 2077 at its core. It is, it is, it's still got a lot of problems, but they have fixed a lot of the problems and they've increased the percentage of people that are likely to tolerate and enjoy the game. I'm not part of that percentage. I think the game's still fundamentally fucked. Um, (laughs) But I could I could at least tell Phantom Liberty was a very solid shot at making the game better and they were doing a lot of taking a lot of steps in the right direction and it felt very well there's a lot of DLCs where it's like hey what if you just like go over there for a fucking bit and then come back (laughs) like a lot of that shitty Fallout 3 (laughs) DLC is like that Uh, but there's some bad fallout 3 dlc that's just like hey go over there for a bit and uh, i don't know fight china and then come They're back <laughs> the alien the todd, UFO todd, he doesn't the speak worst. for me todd yeah if you're watching this <laughs> and then but but this is like this is like a very well done dlc it's just for me it just it did not do enough honestly it gave me ptsd as soon as i started playing phantom liberty that i was like oh, fuck, I'm playing cyberpunk. It like reminded me of how bad the original game was. Mm. And I was I was so hyped to be like, they fixed it finally. And then I was like, oh, fuck, this just reminds me how bad the original. Like, it felt like for every good thing, I still felt the bad from the original game. And I wanted yeah. so desperately to have the positive experience you guys had.
3: Yeah, the, the NPCs and the cops still do not react properly. Like mm. they, yeah. they just don't. And it's it's unfortunate. I'm glad they're like, they did like a stopgap for it where like it's good enough and it's like yeah it is but it's still not great so it's kind of worse (laughs) but um it it i think the story elements are what really props up uh phantom liberty and and those are well worth it
2: yeah and i will say on the the interwovenness of the dlc with the main stuff i was surprised that like obviously they got Keanu back in the booth For a lot of stuff Like he's yeah. still all over the place In this DLC which I wasn't expecting It was like oh Idris Elba's the celebrity For this chunk of the story But no Keanu is still Popping up every which way And chatting you up any chance he gets
0: So yeah yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I'll ever forgive Cyberpunk 2077 But <laughs> You don't need f- to try Phantom Liberty You will
1: forget you- no, I, that's exactly to. what I'm
0: gonna say. When I forget, I'll try out. I'll try Phantom Liberty. But at this <laughs> so moment in time, remember. I will probably scream and turn off my Xbox if I ever load that game up.
1: <laughs> uh, moving on, it's time to talk about October 13th release from Nathan O'Marsh South Scrimshaw Part One. Jake, this is another little find from you. What the fuck is this game? So this
2: was directed into my. A social feed by um, uh, Jump Over the Age Citizen Sleeper developer uh, Gareth Dr. Gareth Damien Martin um, and they had retweeted it being like hey, this visual novel, it's like a pseudo sci-fi documentary thing and I've found since playing In Other Waters and Citizen Sleeper that uh, my sci-fi sensibilities are very much aligned with Jump Over the Age and so anytime they retweet something I'm like okay, I'll check it out And yeah, I checked this thing out, it's like a 90-minute visual novel, and it just, I don't know how someone can so accurately, like, construct the perfect one-to-one PBS National Geographic, like, ocean documentary, but through this sci-fi lens, but... Uh you so quickly fall into it and kind of forget that it's a made-up world because it's so specific and richly detailed and very kind of thoughtful in the way that it's telling its story where you're like oh yeah this is how documentaries are constructed (laughs) um and yeah i had an emotional response to it by the end it's crazy and i know the the big argument that we're going to have here is
1: is it actually a game but well, um we don't we don't have to have that argument because this is your it's my game of the year Woo! fuck you it's a game
2: there it is folks it's uh yeah i i was it was for so long it was armored core and then this came along and just like so specifically spoke to me as a as a person and a person who grew up watching tons of national geographic documentaries and and you know shark week on the discovery channel and and stuff on animal planet narrated by keith um, david yeah the two national geographic documentaries that are narrated narrated by keith david jewels of the caribbean sea and ocean drifters both from the mid 90s go check them out
3: jake forced me to watch it at gunpoint while i was letting him stay (laughs) in my apartment for will's wedding
2: um (laughs) yeah this thing rocks it's so good and
0: it's free uh everybody should play it it's it's nice. really good i played it after jake talked about it i played the whole thing in one sitting and then i messaged jake uh south screenshot ripped oops i gave it a 9 um because it's so fantastic um it was a screenshot of my notion where i rate games um it's really fantastic it it uh <clears throat> you know i thought it was real for a little bit and I was like, "This is cool." Not actually, but you just like Jake said, you're just like, "Is this real?" Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple points like it doesn't overstay its welcome in any of the scenes. It um it does uh, tangents really well, where it like informs you how they work, and you can like click on them throughout the story. Uh, and then yeah, like there's scenes and stuff where you're just like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna sit on this for a while, and things just happen, and they move on." And you get a real emotional attachment to this thing, and it's 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 crazy how good it is
3: yeah i I think the the artwork is utterly perfect for the story that it's telling um and the the sort of splicing in of the human elements where it's it's so technical it it's so it's a story told from such a technical perspective that when it sort of breaks in and it's like you're hearing the voice recording of those divers um who are are stuck in the storm swell and then this thing emerges from the depths and essentially saves them those sections i think were really where the the kind of ability of that world to envelop you as a, a I guess I'll say player. I, I felt more like a watcher than than a player. And that's one of the things I, I really love South Scrimshaw, and I, I'm very excited for part two. Um I would have preferred this to be an animated short form fictional documentary. Sure. I I would have preferred that for the type of interaction that I had with it as a game on on that level. It's not what I go looking for when i when i go to play a game i think it was a really unique experience and i'm glad it exists as it is but i wouldn't classify it as a game but you've superseded me by nominating it so it is indeed a game the end of the year. yeah <laughs> but i i loved it i had a great time with it
2: yeah and i think like you were saying that that the the verisimilitude of like the whole thing about this like this you know Alien whale. But then every once in a while they're like, and now our documentary crew had to go replace the batteries in one of our drones. (laughs) And you're like, okay, that's I'm getting a nugget of like that's what's tricking me into thinking that it's real, because suddenly they're half breaking the fourth wall to be like, Uh we needed to move on to the next shooting
3: location. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're breaking like they're breaking like their fourth wall, which Mm -hmm. it's like an internal fourth wall, which is kind of cool. It's Um, very good. Yeah.
1: Nice. All right, moving on. We've got Super Mario Brothers Wonder from Nintendo released on October 20th. Uh I know I played this game, but I'm curious to hear what y'all's thoughts on it. Who who had a chance to play this game? Yeah, go ahead. Uh uh Kyle. <laughs> it's um folks. It's an audio form. Your, your an audio form. <laughs> um I
3: I really enjoyed Super Mario Bros Wonder. Um when we talked about it on the last local chat, um me and Jake both kind of admitted to the fact that we had never really completed a side scrolling 2D or 3D Mario game before. And uh-huh. um my heart I think is more in love with games like Odyssey and Super Mario World N64 and and the the 3D version of that character and and what Mario's Capable of doing, and I think that Wonder is the first time that I ever actually connected with the it's it's 3D, but to the 2D version, the side-scrolling version of Mario in a game, and I loved it. I mean, I I was talking about just the little tiny details that Nintendo put in there. Nintendo is so good at this kind of stuff; it's excellent. The amount of art direction and character direction that they put within that art, so like the environment. The way it interacts with you as you walk past it, the way um, the monsters will like look at you if they're if they're in a row and you jump on the first one, the the one in the next one down the row will look at you like, a oh, crap, I'm about to die. Like it's the little tiny things like that that make it so enjoyable. I think the music was really um, fitting for the the story of the worlds that they're telling the wonder seeds and everything made. The wackiness and the the unpredictability of the platforming 10 times better uh than than I think it would have been otherwise. I think Nintendo obviously knows how to craft a platforming level, but the added ability to make it chaotic in a way that I've never experienced before in a Mario game, I think was excellent. I never got tired of of getting those seeds and and just creating that chaos and and running around in it and trying to. Get everything I could out of each level before moving on. Um, so I really enjoyed it, and I had a I had a really good time with it. Not my game of the year, um, but it's just so excellently crafted, and I I really enjoyed it.
1: Awesome, Jake. You, you played it as well?
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think what I had said on the local chat, echoing some of Kyle's sentiments, but that um, I was by and large just kind of even on it. I you know love the music, love the art, um, love the the imaginativeness of the changes to the levels and all that but um my thing is we're so spoiled by the quality of product that nintendo consistently puts out that even when they put out just an okay game it's still a really good game yeah um yeah. but it's like yeah it's nintendo so it's going to be great but um yeah awesome yeah i i think for me fence sitting answer
1: <laughs> i'm i'm probably I probably have a tiny bit more 2d Mario experience than you guys. Um, I think for me, the thing that really struck me about super Mario brothers wonder is that for Mario games, especially 2d Mario games. um, Nintendo has mastered 2d platformers in particular, the super Mario brothers series. And they keep putting out super Mario brothers, 2d platforming games. And They have always played it kind of safe. They usually add one or two little gimmicks. They make it look a little prettier. Maybe there's a multiplayer mode and they just have really cool levels. And you know what? It works like that's all they have to do because they have mastered how to make a 2D platformer feel good and satisfying. Right. And and it's kind of like what you're saying, Jake, like like they have delivered such a high quality of games that it's actually kind of lowered the overall perception of this game is because you've gotten used to that quality um and what's surprising for me about super mario brothers wonder is they are taking so many risks with this game they don't play it safe it's it can be easy to to not notice that if you're not used to mario 2d platformers but they've honestly gotten a little stale they would always be like we're going to try one little thing in this we're going to tweak one little thing But for Super Mario Brothers Wonder, there's so many different things, you know, like Kyle, you talked about how they tweak the enemies so the enemies are reactive and they're and it's even the existing enemies like Goombas, like they are reactive to you even when you're not touching them and they're letting off little sound effects and stuff Uh, like the just sheer variety of. Levels and things that will happen in a level. When you hit a wonder seed, the level all of a sudden changes completely. It goes upside down. You've got bulls rushing after you. You've got singing piranha plants. Like, we talked about this on stream. It feels like they played a shitload of Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker 2 and took a lot of notes of all the crazy things the community were doing. And then they used those notes to build a whole new game and made each level its own weird little level. Instead of just focusing on changing one or two things, they made so many different changes with this. And it works. It works really well. And it's crazy. It feels like, you know, uh, I think about Dan Reichert at Giant Bomb. He talks about how this is probably the best Super Mario Brothers 2D platformer since Super Mario World. And he may like it more than Super Mario World. And he's like a Super Mario fanboy, you know? And, And I think to me that tells me that... For fans of this series, they recognize that they got kind of complacent with what, Mar- with what Nintendo was delivering. And the fact that Wonder tries so many different things and a lot of them land, all those changes is very inventive. With that being said, you know, you got to kind of understand the context of the series to see the changes they're making. If you're coming into it fresh, it may not feel that crazy. But, you know, within that fan base, within the games they've previously made it was a big risk for them and it feels like it really paid off and it just very delightful fun charming game
3: it's so nice to look at and it's just it's kind of like hi-fi rush was like a pleasant
1: yep. place to play a game mm-hmm. what did you think about it will
3: I didn't play
0: it I'm uh, not penna- uh, not, <laughs> <coughs> not spending the Nintendo tax to play a 2D Mario I'm sorry I'm not just not gonna do it it's not you'll get it
1: on it. sale next year uh, yeah probably
0: I, am um, I, uh, Mario 3, 2, 2D side-scrolling Marios, I've always tried to play co-op, and then I hate them, because co-op's terrible in those games, and then I never go back to give them a chance Uh,
1: yeah This one so. I've heard, depending on the mode, is okay
0: Yeah, oh, wow. I'll probably download it and play it myself Cool, yeah, that's the way to do it
1: Uh, folks, October 23rd, fresh out of Roblox In October, Zekers sick. released lethal company um I, I, I don't know i know i know you all love this game who wants to start with this one
0: um
1: i mean i can start lethal company i, go
0: for it. I need uh, more enthusiasm
1: i need more this is the top 15 games of the year give me more fucking enthusiasm
0: <laughs> you know lethal company <laughs> lethal company pew, 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 pew. I uh, put a video of uh tunnel subway surfers next to me but lethal company it's so incredible and we love it um, uh it is a, uh, a four player uh, you're going on a ship you're getting scrap from the scrap places and you're bringing it back to pay the the lizard king the octopus boy and if you don't pay them back in the three days you get booted into space uh it is the best use of proximity chat i've ever seen in a video game ever Uh, and it doesn't even do anything that crazy i was literally reading a twitter thread where the guy was like yeah i was using unity's thing and it wasn't really working so i just went with like the base thing and something else and it just like i adjusted a couple values wait a minute
1: wait a minute this was the one thing i wanted to talk about with this game can i can i cut in here Oh yes. God. yeah it's positive it's positive which is everybody was like oh this game's so fun like there's co-option and against the monsters and i'm like yeah that's cool and i play the game and the thing that immediately punches me in the fucking ear and impresses me the most out of this entire fucking game is the audio design like like exactly like you're talking about proximity chat's not new there's plenty of games that do proximity chat Honestly, a lot more games need to do proximity chat. And people are like, oh, it's the proximity chat that makes this game so cool, etc. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's not just doing proximity chat. Y'all are under under what this game is doing. It has so many fucking layers of incredible audio design on top of it. So so, for Mm -hmm. example, proximity chat, you're in the ship. Somebody's next to you. You just hear them. They're three steps away. You get a dim volume. That's proximity chat, of course. But then you start to get this metallic tinge on it mm-hmm. because they're speaking inside a metal tube, and it's starting to echo. All the, Further the different they go, the kinds
2: of reverb they have, depending yeah, on exactly, the level, very good.
1: And and all the all the different sounds that are being made, even when you're completely stationary and there's nobody around you, you, there's like very subtle weaving of atmospheric effects into the sound. Like that's the thing that struck me about this game is it's doing a lot of cool things. It's doing a lot of things great, but the thing that blows my fucking socks off about this game is just the audio design and how that weaves into the proximity chat like that cannot be underestimated the game sounds absolutely incredible mm. so you can continue well
0: yeah i was about to go into the sound but uh that's okay i won't um no it's just like the sound like ian said uh is incredible um i think if this game didn't have any of that it wouldn't be anywhere near where it is um yeah uh, the the mods community is also great. Uh, this games by one developer and they welcome mods um, The having up to 30 or up to 50 people on the ship with you if you want. I think our most we had nine uh, Which yeah. got wild, but it doesn't matter even as a stream game because you're just pairing off or like with a small group of people uh, And it just makes it so much better. I've never seen a game Get slapstick comedy, right? so perfectly <laughs> um i bring it up every single time but jake and vic with the coil heads and jake saying it's right behind me isn't it and just their ending uh there's so many moments like that when you die you get to watch the other players and of course they don't know if you've died uh just so much of that is is absolutely fun uh and uh i want to i just want to play more of it all the time
3: yeah i i I'm just going to echo what I said on local chat last time, which is it's the most fun I've ever had with an early access game because it doesn't feel like an early access game. It's it's so fleshed out and works pretty seamlessly, even with mods. I think the mod support is great, but so many games add the ability for mods to be added into the game and then it breaks the game. Whereas like this doesn't really have that. I've I've had a couple crashes, but nothing to the effect of like that. That it it. it took away from my experience of playing. Um I smile and laugh at something every time we play and um I think it's I think it's cool to see a community so quickly build up around something and to just see that sort of love for something new and exciting and and the 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 friendships that are made through the proximity chat is like crazy where I think, Will, we were talking about, or maybe it was Jake. We were talking about um, like, there are points when you're playing, especially with the mods for, for um, more company you're like with someone you don't know. And oh, it's just yeah. the two of you. So then it's like, well, you have to say something. And it's like, you just start talking, you get to know their voice, even if you don't know them in person. And it's like, Oh, it's Vic. Like I know Vic because this thing happened to me and her or, or, or me and them. And, uh, uh it's it's just a it's incredible i i love it and i want to play more of it
2: yeah yeah to echo ian great sound design and to echo will and kyle great uh, the opportunity for emergent storytelling where there's certainly no like narrative but it's the moments that you get into with the group um that are delightful (laughs) um my only caveat being i don't ever see myself playing this by myself it's only um, a multiplayer game no in my mind yeah. um but uh, yeah a great time fantastic game
1: yeah awesome so next up october 27th from remedy we have alan wake 2 will why don't you tell us about this game
0: this game folks i don't know if you've ever played alan wake american nightmare but this is the sequel to that um <laughs> Alan Wake 2 Just you, the DLC.
1: Not just, a, not not a sequel to Alan Wake.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just the told, DLC. You told me eleven years ago when I first played Alan Wake that there would be a sequel in eleven a sequel in eleven years. I probably wouldn't believe you. Um Alan Wake Two takes what it did in Alan Wake and says, Hey, what if we had money when we made this and uh, <laughs> several more brains? <laughs> Um, It is an incredible video game top to bottom from video to visuals to graphics To the way you you see things with your eyes Uh to the audio and the controls and the level design and the writing and all that sort of stuff. It is Absolutely top-notch You can't get better than this the seamlessness I've never seen fmv and video games blend so well in my entire life where the first time you see the like shadowy uh, Max Payne, Alex Casey, and all that stuff, I blew my mind. Like my my mouth yep. dropped. The first time you get like the Echo lineup, all of the, and the, then you realize you can just walk around with it is crazy. Um, the storytelling's really great. I actually found myself playing a lot of Saga's story because uh, it was just like just weird enough where you're like like. Something weird would happen, and you're like, What the hell is going on here? Like, I, wh- who are you people? Um, and uh, the world building and um, just the way the game felt. I thought it, you never felt like you were uh, uh, a weakling, but there were times where you're just like running through the forest, it's pitch black, and your battery and your flashlight's going down. And you're just like, Oh no, like, what is around me? Where are these wolf boys? Um, it feels great uh the music uh the music uh section is fantastic i don't know if everyone should go play that or at least watch the game awards presentation of it uh because it's exactly the that same doesn't even do it in uh, an ounce of justice I mean, it does it some justice when you're where you actually can, like, in the game see it um the 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 weaving of hey we cast this guy's alan wake uh 14 years ago and we are 13 years ago and we don't want to change him so we're just going to have the other voice actor lip dub over him but then he's also going to play a character and then the game developer i'm going to be sam lake in the game but also i'm (laughs) alex casey in the game and i'm also the other guy in the other thing and then, hey, what if we put a full like 15 minute short film we shot for this in a movie theater in the middle of the game and you just stand <laughs> in the movie theater watching it being like, are there going to be enemies? Should I be scared? Am i just I'm no watching a horror movie purpose. in a horror game and it's not in English. Um, it's just a fantastic <laughs> video game. I'm watching foreign films <laughs> I know. in the video game. It's yeah. It's absolutely wild. Uh, I love it. Um, someone else. Oh, it's also my game of the year. Uh, sorry, I should have said that up front. Ding ding ding! (laughs) Yay! Um, that's just so good. Anyway, someone else talk about it. Yeah, nobody else talk about it.
2: (laughs) No, I want to talk about it because this was. I think, uh, uh, Kyle, I think you and I both played original flavor Alan Wake like the week before this game came out. Yeah. Um and uh yeah i had played i had played control that was my only the only remedy game i had played prior to playing original alan wake and then alan wake 2 and then i enjoyed alan wake 2 so much i actually went and played quantum break just to see what (laughs) what was going on over there um Uh but no yeah alan wake 2 was crazy it was like it was it was to 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 swing such a big swing for the fences and mostly hit it um it's like it's still got you know the the combat's a little bit janky and some of the the forest level traversal is a little confusing but otherwise remedy firing on all cylinders it's audacious to title your game alan wake 2 and then you don't see alan wake for like two or three <laughs> yeah. hours.
3: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: You start the like, game I as a so,
0: naked man, who's
2: not yeah, Alan Wake.
3: <laughs> naked naked <laughs> then, old man.
2: Yeah. And then you're just like a different character that you've never seen before. But yeah, Will, like you said, like you're playing Saga Anderson, this new character, and and as you're going through the game, other characters that you do recognize from the first game, are interacting with you in like a very f- familiar kind of way. And you're like, okay, yeah, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> um, I'm very excited to go and and do the new game plus the final draft, yeah, um, which supposedly has a new ending and some additional, they add in, I guess, new stuff with Dr. Darling from Control. There's a lot of emphasis or not a lot of emphasis, but there's a heavy emphasis of the federal Bureau of Control in the the broader Sam Lake remedy verse um yeah i think the the champion of light musical number section <laughs> is like maybe the best thing that has been in a video game in like five or six years it's so wild and knowing of course uh remedies uh, affiliation with poets of the fall who play their their in-universe band old gods of asgard in alan wake and um, Control, and they're mentioned in Quantum Break, but I don't think they have any original music in it, or not not any that I heard. There's a, no big like set piece number like there was in Alan Wake or Control or Alan Wake Two. Um, but yeah, the that combination of the FMV stuff in the video game environment, where you're like going around, and some of the the FMV characters will be like pointing the direction yeah. that you're supposed to go um and i know i mentioned this on stream but it's that that's the level where you first get the flare gun and at the first time you get it and you like walk around the corner and it's all it's all supposedly the the conceit of the whole level is that it's taking place in like a tv like production sound stage and you go mm-hmm. around the corner and in like white gaff tape on the floor it says wait for the guitar solo <laughs> 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 and you're like okay i will and it's it's so good um yeah this story was it's one of those stories that it's like it's definitely i mean sam lake is like a writer's writer where he's writing stuff and then you're like thinking about it you're like oh yeah that's so good (laughs) um and inspiring then like new stories in in my mind as a writer um yeah i was thrilled with alan wake too
3: yeah i um i i enjoyed it very much um like you said i I played went back and played the first one and it's funny how i even on like the the remastered version of the original alan wake you can see that through line that they're they're pulling at in alan wake 2 um i think alan wake 1 is really actually held back by its combat because there's way too much of it and Mm -hmm. it's not not the best And it's much more a visual showcase for the game rather than, hey, here's something actually fun for the player to do for the majority of the game. It's more like, this looks cool. Um, And I feel like Alan Wake 2 leans much less on the combat, but it's still janky. Like you said, it's still like. I it just doesn't feel great. And I know that that's on purpose. Um, I.
1: Really enjoyed the Wait, the meta. What's up? Is it on purpose? I did not finish the game. Is it on purpose? Is that Wait, is that actually purpose. something? The combat jank.
2: I think it's no, just a remedy. Game. I I oh,
1: okay th- okay. So like controls. I, I just wasn't sure. So, sorry, I just wasn't sure if you were implying like there's a story reason for it or not. I just no, no no no. I mean
3: it's designed that way just because they're like we don't want this to feel amazing because that's not the point of the game. Um, They want it in my mind. The experience was we want this to feel a little frantic and a little frenetic because that's not the point of the story that we're telling. It's just a way to get you through to the next checkpoint uh, in in the the script that we have. Um, Mm. I enjoyed the meta narrative and the meta elements that were pulled into it. I did find myself like rolling my eyes at like this might be a step too far. Like this is. I I am fine with a writer being a writer's writer, but at a certain point, it's so self-indulgent that like I stopped connecting with it on an emotional level and it was more like a technical analysis of what I was playing. And that's not fun for me. Um, I also wish that I hadn't had that moment in the TV station spoiled for me because I was waiting for it the entire time. So when it finally happened, I was like, well, this isn't fun like mm. i knew exactly what was going to happen Did so it, was
2: it like a retweet or something or
3: i no, i watched edit. the game awards and then everyone oh, was like, like it's impossible uh, to like to right. be around that show and not get this is in the game mm-hmm. <laughs> like so when it started happening i was like well this is what they were doing um mm-hmm. so the sort of the the reveling of the the weirdness was sort of sucked out from the narrative thread at that point um All that said, I do think that on a technical level, graphically, um, from from a technical perspective, it is so impressive what Remedy was able to pull off with that game. It looks stunning. And I I don't know if I've played at least this year, a more detailed world that just is suffused with life. Like it, it just oozes like, hey, we put a lot of detail. Into how the trees move in the forest and yeah. how the environment can shift just with a change of lighting and how how somber and and action packed and scary and all these different emotions, they can instantly call up from from the player's psyche, just just with very simple tweaks to um, the, the landscape and, and everything. And it was really it was it was great from that perspective. How I thought are the there music- 10 different sunsets? I don't know there's so <laughs> <I>, many um, <laughs> what's up yeah.
2: oh, or if you weren't done Kyle I want to let you finish
3: no I was just going to say that from a technical level I really enjoyed the the work that Remedy put into the game and I think it is a standout moment for a non like Call of Duty level game that still definitely has a ton of money put into it and a, and a mm. ton of time and effort I think that should always be applauded I just feel like the story was not After a certain point, it became more about itself, which is the point. But like, I also didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. But from a technical standpoint, I think it was excellent. Yeah,
2: well, we haven't even talked about I think I think the dark (laughs) place, the the dark place levels is like some of the best art direction level design kind of the 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 ability to the incorporating of the the writer's room where you can rewrite the level with like yeah. different story beats that stuff's so great and like the little like silhouette of the typewriter that comes up in like the lower third of the screen and <laughs> all, the all
3: the sub the, the subway stuff, oh, stuff is so great good. like the, the like, first time going through stuff, that of the yeah.
2: the the way i mean we kind of talked about this a little bit in discord but the way that The artists that remedy dress a set is crazy. Like, Control was definitely like it had a very specific artistic direction, but this, especially going down into the subway, I mean, up all the stuff up on the streets, there's messages in the graffiti. The graffiti is all really good, but like things where you realize, as it being like Alan Wake's subconscious or whatever, it's all stuff that's specific to him. And when you go down into the subway, And all like the signage that you really have to get close to look at. But it's like lines of dialogue from the first game. Or it's like just like Mm -hmm. adages about the writing process. But it looks like, you know, a sign that you'd see in a subway. Um, (laughs) It did. It was interesting to me. It took me a while. I didn't. I never had this thought in Alan Wake one, but it took me like a couple walkthroughs of Alan's storyline in Alan Wake 2 to realize that Alan is a very unreliable narrator. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like it just for whatever reason, I that didn't click with me because he's, in, he's
3: reliably unreliable. Oh, yeah, because it was the story needs him to be.
2: <laughs> it was the moment when he's got a, a scene with Mr. Door, and he, the implication I got well i guess i won't spoil but he's got a, a bit with mr door and he says something like he's like oh so the masks are coming off and mr door is like no i don't think that's quite right yeah, and yeah, then yeah the yeah. very next line of inner monologue is he's like so the masks were coming off like <laughs> oh okay yeah you're just not <laughs> listening
1: <laughs> and there's also that part early on where they're like it's it's saga and uh Alex and uh alan I, what's the fucking <laughs> there's so many nested names It's saga yeah. and her partner and, oh, and she sa- and she said she says what kind of cult calls themselves a cult and i'm like okay yeah that's a that's <laughs> a dig at alan wick's shitty writing there you know it's very i i think i think what i appreciate about this game is they knew what they wanted to make And they went hog fucking wild for it, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're talking about the signs in the subway, et cetera. They knew what they wanted to make and they didn't say, okay, it's going to be a shooter, but in the background, we're going to have the story theming like this. You know, it's going to be a survival horror, but we're going to have these elements of themes over here. They're like, no, 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 no. First and foremost is the story we want to tell and the ways in which we want to tell it. And we're going to saturate the entire fucking game with that story, with narrative themes, tones, et cetera. And then there's also going to be a game in there, and I really appreciate that they they made something completely unique. They tried a lot of crazy things, and they went all the way with all of those crazy things, with the FMV, with the, the writer's room, the recurring themes, etc. And that's that, to me, is like, you know, the game didn't fully work for me, but I, I really appreciate and love that they didn't just make another video game, that there is so much... Uniqueness in here, and they did not hold back in creating their aesthetic vision.
2: Yeah, crazy to see a game swing so big.
3: Yeah, uh, especially
0: yeah. nowadays. The yeah, the tense moments when you happen upon the sheriff, and he's like, "Hey, Alan," and you're just like, "Oh, <laughs> oh he's yeah." So friendly. He's like, oh, yeah. "I just got this little like side room in the what? subway." And I'm, oh, right. hey, Alan. And you're just like, When's "What?" Oh, is that
3: and where he was? Thanks, <laughs>
0: Tim.
1: <laughs> thanks, Tim. Yeah. Ice oh man. boy. Well folks, time to move on to the next game November 2nd From Teon, Robocop Rogue City will tell me About this little game This bum, garbage bum, bum, game bum, bum, is terrible bum, um, No
0: bum, bum, bum. Um, Robocop Rogue City is the Perfect Robocop video game No no, it's, uh, it is the perfect Seven of regular <laughs> Video games, but it is the perfect <laughs> ten Of a Robocop video game um it feels like they just pulled the 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 world warped back into the 80s and they were just on set and they were coming up with stuff uh it's the i remember this note from the developers but they're like hey we didn't want to make an fps because that's too obvious so we made an rpg and it really works you're grabbing your skills your upgrades um you are putting them in certain areas you're enhancing your scanning you're enhancing your your talking with people your relationships uh there's different outcomes with people uh and, and you either uphold the law or protect what is it uphold the law or protect uh justice serve the public trust serve the public trust that's what it is so you have that whole thing there's a through line where you select the mayor at the end of the game uh it's it's the story's not great it's not worth being not that great it's it's the brother of a character from the first game and you're just like okay we're just doing or from the first movie and like ah, we're just doing that but the moment to moment gameplay feels great you feel good as robocop you're just invincible all the time and sometimes you're like oh my health's low and you just hit the button to make it go up again uh there are a couple moments where you're kind of i was like saved with like zero health but um (laughs) just shooting guys arms off uh freaks uh, seeing all the weird stuff in that game, it's it's the perfect game. I highly recommend to go play it uh, if you like yeah. RoboCop.
1: I feel like exactly like you said, they, they nailed the RoboCop look and feel. You know, we don't have a lot of uh, movie tie-in B games anymore. The industry finally realized that they're shitty and they should stop making them. <laughs> but a lot of those were like, oh, there's an Iron Man movie coming out. And they're like, OK, well, let's do a 2D side scroller. But it's Iron Man, you know, we're just going to kind of theme a generic game, etc. But this felt like they went the opposite way, which was, you know, hey, we're going to look at RoboCop. We're going to look at the IP. And just like Alan Wake, too, we're going to commit to that vision and we're going to saturate the entire fucking game with Alan Wake. And we're just going to have, you know, all sorts of references. You're going to go to the station. You're going to have that look and feel. You're going to shoot people in the dick. You're just it's going to be fantastic. (laughs) And, And like like you said. The game's a 7 out of 10 in terms of gameplay, but in terms of feel, it's a fucking 10 out of 10 RoboCops. Like, they yeah. nailed it, and there's a lot of games out there that feel and play better, but their aesthetic is like, eh, the aesthetic's okay. I mean, I guess they're going for something here, but it feels either generic or not really interesting, and this is kind of the opposite, and it's really cool to see them just nail the look of something established, but not used often in video games.
2: Yeah. I was thrilled that the very first achievement I got completely by accident was for shooting an enemy in a sensitive spot <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, oh yeah remember that scene
0: it's funny we talk oh, so much yeah. about Robo-Cop it that guy. it being just like Robocop in feel but I think they also nailed the tone of the movies which is mm-hmm. tough to yeah. do with, as we know with all the Starship Trooper games it is tough to nail Paul Verhoeven uh theming and i think go uh, on stream to play especially if you um if you listen to the radio stations where it's like sleeping pills for kids or like mr fuzzy was caught in a brothel today and shot by 12 on his <laughs> way out and like it's just it's crazy uh jay uh Jake, you want to talk more about it
2: i'm i actually uh i i bounced off it a little bit i got like three or four hours into it and wasn't Wait, video games 100% vibing with it <sighs> um but i i want to go back to it because i did for all the same reasons i think peter weller really carries a lot of this the fact that they got him back to do the voice Mm -hmm. i think sells a lot of it and makes it feel you're like oh yeah it's a robocop game it's not someone doing the robocop voice it's robocop um
3: but um yeah kyle yeah i'll be quick i i played the demo um and i did about an hour 45 i think you can beat it in like 90 minutes but i, I wanted to look around everywhere um vibes 10 out of 10. like it it's robocop right? there's no denying it and the fact that it's developed uh with unreal engine 5 and looks so good on like running it like 60 fps it's the texture work in that game is incredible the reflections like all the all the all the rt stuff is is great um i just found the gameplay way too repetitive like just the the shooting was like i'm god and being god gets old after a while and um i liked the punchiness of everything like it it really makes you feel like robocop <laughs> um and uh uh that aspect of it is is amazing but um The RPG elements for for what you can do within the demo, I was like, I get where this is going. If I'm really interested, I can just look up a video of someone who's maxed out everything. Um, I wasn't interested in in playing it myself, but the demo was more than enough for me. I think it's great that they went so far making a a double-A game, like solidly mid-tier, like, this is what we're capable of. This is what you're getting. It's not... Massively open world. We're not telling this deep, rich, you know, narrative-driven story. It's just like a Robocop story in Robocop world in a video game. And that's all it needs to be. And I'm glad that so many people have have responded really well to it. It didn't really stick with me, but I liked what I played, and I had enough of what I wanted from the demo
2: if If old Detroit looked as good as Dark Place New York, <laughs> I think that would be pretty hype, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I'll go back to it. I like Peter Weller and I like RoboCop and I want more. Hell yeah.
1: Awesome. Uh, final game on the list. December 8th, a late entry, but a strong contender here from Aramite games against the storm. Before I dive into this, anybody else played this game?
0: I played it way back when it was early access, I think.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. This was the 1.0 release on December 8th. Um, Against the Storm is, basically, it is a city builder. But instead of each gameplay, each game or save that you have being, I'm going to take a city from nothing and build it all the way up, and then 20, 30 hours in, I go, cool, you know, and I hit some weird victory objective. This is more of a run-based city building game so it's it's providing a very fresh tweak on the genre where essentially each run you are building multiple settlements and each settlement will take you anywhere between i think my fastest was like 20 minutes to 60 minutes so you have a settlement there's challenges or, or orders that are unlocking as you play And they require you to do certain things. There's such there's like a variety of buildings and a variety of mechanics with those buildings. And so what you end up doing is even though you're building multiple cities, I probably built, you know, 30 plus cities or settlements in in the time that I played this game. Every single one was slightly different. And it part of it was because the location part of it was because of the orders. Part of it was because what I started to build towards, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to focus on like. Uh, opening glades in this one so it's all about expansion i'm going to focus on leathers in this one i'm going to focus on city supplies and it's it that's kind of what makes this game great is that for city builders there's a lot of fantastic city builders out there right now but the problem is they start to feel the same and you always hit this point 10 12 hours into your city where you say hey i could probably do this better maybe i should restart or i've kind of lost my steam my city's pretty big do i really need to to, to build it even bigger, you know, and you lose motivation. Whereas this one just literally is built in a restart mechanic and, and so much variety through the mechanics. And it just, it, it just feels like something that is rejuvenating the city builder genre when it's starting to feel a bit stale. And it's really cool to see an indie game do that. Uh, any I other the artwork thoughts? Style.
3: It looks, it looks great. Um, yeah. And just from, from looking at some of the gameplay stuff, I have, over on my other monitor it looks fun i've never i've never sunk my teeth really deeply into a city builder the closest i've gotten was like i guess like SimCity 2000 when i was younger and like sim theme park so this might be one that i that i check out based on your recommendation ian
1: yeah it's neat uh will what so did, you did you think of the through? game
0: uh it was good i uh, again i,
1: I played what did you say to me nothing <laughs> Okay, I bought the game. I didn't know it was on GameCast, but I bought the game. But I don't regret it. They deserve <laughs> buy, the money. Did you buy Pow World 2? <laughs> um, no, that I knew. That I knew it was on Game Pass.
0: <laughs> I almost bought it. Um, no, I, I, I had a fun time with it. Again, I think this was in 2022 I played it. Um, I did. I think I ended up refunding it only because I said, hey, this is an early access. I'm going to wait for it to come out.
1: Um no, let's. We don't need to. We don't need to pause in that It also wasn't on logic. Game Pass at the time,
0: so now it's on Game Pass. Um, so it it, it was uh it was fun. Uh, I just didn't like necessarily some of the gameplay about it. Uh, it kind of felt I don't know. I, I felt
1: a little too RTSy to me, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know about that because that's they must they, they must have either taken that out or you're you're snorting stuff because. There's not really a lot of people talking about a completely like, different game, to be honest with you. We could be you refunded the wrong game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, folks, that's going to do it for our game of the year 2023 discussion. Thank you guys so much for hanging in here with us. Let's go through the list, starting with all of the uh, quote, 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 unquote, honorable mentions. In release order, we had Hi-Fi Rush, Shadows of Doubt, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Battle Bit Remastered, Mars First Logistics, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Lethal Company, RoboCop, Rogue City, and Against the Storm. And finally, our four, that's right, fuck you, four games of the year, it was an incredible year for gaming, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, South Scrimshaw Part 1, and Alan Wake 2, gentlemen that's a good what group. an incredible year for games
3: that's good i'm very very happy with everything that's been nominated it's great same so. it's 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 a good feeling
0: it's 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 an honor just to be nominated they say and i'm really <laughs> feeling that
3: honor tonight
0: your honor um, i feel god in this chili's tonight <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh, all right I do well it's like to Jesus? take us out what yeah let me take you out here we're gonna go to chili's everybody so let's go thank you so much for tuning in everybody uh that was our game of the year best of the year is 2023 the name will stick someday uh <laughs> joining me this week was all the Subpixel boys we have kyle we have jake we have ian we have will uh we will be back this saturday 2 p.m eastern with some delicious lethal company one of the nominated games this year Uh, And we'll be playing that. It's gonna be super fun. And then next Tuesday, I believe, is the last episode of Speedrunners.
1: Maybe. Possibly. I'm close to the top 100. We got to see what happens. Daddy's close. We just need to get him over. In that
0: goose go. How (laughs) fast can the goose legally go? good any luck catching them killers then um folks uh thank you so much for for listening just the one killer actually uh it's been super fun we love all of you can't wait for 2024 and the things it'll bring thanks for watching everybody and we'll see y'all next week bye